With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Real life, real people, real talk on Kingdom Talk. Welcome to Kingdom Talk, where we are sharing real stories from real people who've had real life victories. Join in on the talk with your host, Evangelist Anastasia Hay, every week on Tuesday, as our guests share impactful stories about how they've prevailed and triumphed over life's challenges. Evangelist Anastasia, and welcome to Kingdom Talk, where we share real life stories. Oh, yeah, from real people who've had real life victories. Praise God. And so I'm so excited uh, to share, well, introduce you our uh, guest today. Um, he has some really good things to share with us, especially for um, single women uh, who are wondering where are their Boaz? Um, so he has some really awesome things to share with us, and I would like to introduce you to our guest, Pastor Isanisalio. Yes, well, thank you so much for letting me join you, Evangelist Anastasia. I appreciate it. And uh, you can just call me Brother TJ or just TJ if it's easier for you. <laughs> okay, no problem. No problem. Thank yeah, you. I know it's a Praise tough God. name. Uh, Estanislao is a very unique name. It's Stanley in Spanish. And if you look it up, Estanislao actually means one who becomes and stands in God's glory and removes the stones. And you think, okay, so what kind of stones are you talking about? Kidney stones, gall stones, what are you talking about? And if you actually look up um, Diablos, the devil, the original uh, Greek or Latin behind that, it means one who channels the stones. And if you remember the story in John uh, chapter 8 with the lady that was caught in adultery, um, and, of course, you know, um, the religious leaders of the day um, brought her, you know, to Jesus and said, you know, she was caught in adultery. Um, the law says to stone her to death. What do you say, Jesus? And, of course, he said, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And they all dropped their stones from the oldest to the youngest and walked away. And he looked at her and he said, where are your accusers at? And she says, I have none, Lord. And he says, I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. And so my name literally means one who becomes and stands in God's glory and removes the stones of condemnation. So it's a salvation name like what Yeshua Jesus did for us. So just to give you a little background wow. of what the name means. So, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> but, yeah, you can it's call so, me TJ. It's so cool no you're problem. able to learn a little bit about your name and what it really means. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, you got an awesome, pretty cool name. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, thank the Lord. And it's funny because I'm actually legally, legally the third, but actually found out my great-grandfather has the same name, so I'm the fourth. I just never changed it. And then 
I recently had a, my first newborn son almost my first uh, you know son period first child uh, uh, almost six months ago so and he's actually the fifth so anyway but enough about the name uh, I'll let you continue okay no problem well it's a pleasure to have you here on the show with the kingdom talk show with us brother TJ and I'm really looking forward to hear what it is that you would like to share with us today um, I see that you did write a book and this book yes. is really, really um, a book like for women, right? Or anybody can read it. Yeah, anybody can read it. Um, you know, the funny part is my most recent sales and more to men of late. That's through my men's um, meeting that I go to. But, but it actually is definitely written in a context to uh, women. Um, but it certainly applies to men as well. And, um, and in fact, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, just to, to actually give you one little recent testimony about the book. Um, this is from um, a dear lady, uh, Miss Thompson. She's 42 years old out of Phoenix, Arizona. And she said, I highly recommend the love letter to the ladies. I believe this book is a blessing to any woman, regardless of age or circumstances, and a blessing to any man who needs to be reminded of a woman's worth. And the author's honesty is so powerful. His work is beautifully woven together as a literal love letter to us ladies. And I plan to bless many women I know with a copy of it, just to give you a little testimony. So. Wow, that's a blessing. Wow, that's powerful. Um, that's really powerful because, you know, it just kind of opens up how a woman should be treated, that she's precious, you know, and she's valuable and she's mm -hmm. special in the eyes of God, you know. So um, a love letter to the ladies, um, a single Christian man's perspective. Um, so based upon um, your book, kind of tell me a little bit about what inspired you to write this book. Yeah, the, the truth was, the truth is, Evangelist Anastasia is, um, I actually began write, writing a book, it was probably a good, almost like 10 plus years ago, and what happened is I didn't want to write it. Um, I was kind of arguing with the Lord, uh, because writing a book is pretty serious work, you know, it takes discipline, and also, I knew when I wrote the book, it was going to be pretty painful is going to be transparent because um, I do discuss, and in fact, when I was writing the book, I was discussing different issues, and I thought for a moment that I was writing like three different books, and I was so frustrated, and then about, I want to say maybe, you know, 30 pages into it, the Lord's like, no, this is all one book, and I remember crying, you know, at the computer just thanking the Lord for it, but I wrote the book, and I was inspired. A lot of it is because I had three young, younger sisters. Uh, one of them, uh, unfortunately, uh, died in a car accident almost three years ago, um, but uh, I always, you know, wanted to see the best for them, and also, um, I was actually, I went uh, being single for over 20 years um, from pretty much the ages of, uh, I would say, 21 to, like, 41. And, uh, and so because I was uh, the, if you went and looked into the actual, let's say the Urban Dictionary and looked up friend zone, well, you would see my photo there because I was the perfect, you know, brother in the Lord that, you know, kept really extreme physical boundaries. And I would never, even though I was, if I was romantic, romantically interested in a lady, I would never really express it physically. So I think it confused them. And so it allowed them to keep me in that friend zone. And they were able to confess to me their frustrations about relationships, things that they desired. And then at the same time, it allowed me to, you know, start to like, kind of think about this book, because I was very really frustrated seeing my sisters in the Lord going around the circle, the same cycle, 
you know, um, of pain that they were going through. And so uh, that's what really motivated the book, you know, and me writing the book. So, yes. <laughs> wow, wow. That is so impactful. And, you know, it's also a blessing, you know, because sometimes, you know, our situation, sometimes when we're looking at it from our own perspective, we're saying, oh, my gosh, like, is something wrong with me? You know, what's going on? And then God will use that same situation, um, you know, for to be used as a blessing for others. You know what I mean? And and, mm-hmm. and when you're in that situation, you don't even know that your situation could be used to help somebody else. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really awesome Absolutely. how God is able to use you. Um, so tell me a little bit about, you know, why, like based upon your book, like what does your book mainly speak about? Like tell us a little bit about your book and what does it mainly uh, talk about uh, for those who are listening? Yes. Well, I talk about, you know, of course, a lot of different issues. One of the subjects I talk about is a taboo subject of talk about sexual purity and waiting until marriage, you know, um, you know, to have sex. And, you know, and of course, um, you know, that could be a challenge in itself, um, especially coming from a male's perspective and sharing that with the, you know, single sisters in the Lord. But I, I believe from the testimonies I did it appropriately. Um, you know, I did it very transparently, though, and upfront and raw and real. Um, but I, that's one of the main things I discussed. But I really want it. Um, you know, my sisters understand as well uh, that, uh, you know, certainly that we under, we got to understand that the Lord desires the best for us and especially them understanding that they are the daughter of the Most High Father is a term that I use in there. And I wanted them to understand their value and also um, know, you know, what, you know, true intimacy is. And most women do, but I do discuss that as well. Also, I, I'm very transparent about some um, things that happened to me, um, some uh, domestic violence situation for my father, as well as uh, being exposed to pornography at a very young uh, age as a boy for my grandfather. And I discussed how I went through these abusive situations and how the Lord allowed me to forgive them and, and go through and understanding what my true identity was, because I was raised by a single mother, um, you know, and she did her best. And I'm, again, the oldest of three younger sisters, and uh, but always trying to find my identity, you know, what that was about. Um, and, of course, I discuss, you know, other issues as well in the book, but I don't want to I don't want to go too far into it, as I know you'll be asking oh, yeah. more questions later. <laughs> That's perfectly. And if I may ask Evangelist Anastasia, would you be willing to start us out on a word of prayer? before we get too far into the interview? Um, I'm sorry, did we lose one another there? Can you hear me? Sure, yeah, I can go ahead and, yes, I can hear you. Sure, I can go ahead and lead a, um, a quick prayer. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Abba Father, we just thank you so much uh, that we can come to your throne of grace boldly in a time of help and need, as Hebrews 4, verse 16 says. And, Lord, we're just so grateful to you. We thank you, first of all, that you would forgive us for our sins, knowingly and unknowingly. 
And we thank you that you would uh, continue to speak through me and Evangelist Anastasia. Holy Spirit, have your way in this interview today. And we pray that for those who do, who are listening live and those who will listen to the recording later, that they would be blessed and that they would be encouraged and know how much you love them, that they would know and be reminded how much they're valued before you, Lord, and that they would be challenged, Lord, and that you would bring confirmation and conviction, Lord, for your glory. And we just love you, Lord. We're so excited about what you're doing in our lives, Lord, and that you would be glorified, Lord, uh, through this interview. And we just give you a great big hug, Father, and we pray this in the name of all names, Peshem Yeshua, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for that prayer. Amen. So we give God thanks. We give him all the honor and glory. You can hear me? Yes, amen. I can hear you clearly. Okay. Um, If there's a time when I'm breaking up, just let me know. Hold on real quick. Okay. Because I, I, I really want to make sure that we're able to hear each other clearly because um, uh, we're going to have a really good show today. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Bear with me for one moment, okay, um, Brother TJ? Okay. Sure. And while I'm holding Evangelist Anastasia, if you're still there? Yes, I'm still here. Sure. I want to ask if I'm able to go ahead and give my uh, website uh, to people, and I can also share another testimony. I might as well while we're holding, and you know, and if you don't mind. Yes, please. Go ahead, um, Brother TJ, because um, I wanted okay. to go ahead and see if I can um, – go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, yes, uh, my website is tellofhisjoy.com. So if I'm like I'm telling you a secret, T is in Tom, E is in eternity, L L O F is in forever, H I S is in savior, J O Y. So tellofhisjoy.com. And of course, uh, we're very, um, very grateful for this opportunity again. And also just to share with you another testimony of what this book has done uh, for dear lady. Her name is Kiana. She's 29 out of Phoenix, Arizona. And she said, a love letter to ladies is authentic and powerful. The truths in this book are raw and hit hard but are necessary in understanding why God designed sex for marriage. It has opened my eyes to the spiritual, physical, and emotional implications that sex before marriage can have on the spirit. This book has been a blessing to me and should be a required reading for all Christians. So I give God all the glory for that, of course. Praise God. Praise God. Can you hear me a little bit better, um, Brother TJ? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly fine. All right, great. Uh, Testimony with us. Um, your website as well is very important that um, those who are listening or who are going to be listening to the recording are able to have access to your website. Praise God. 
Um, so let's go ahead and dive into the discussion for today, okay? Absolutely. So uh, tell me a little bit, uh, Brother TJ, why is sexual purity a subject that is rarely discussed in the church? Well, I really believe it's a taboo subject. Um, it's, um, I think there's a couple, you know, there's probably many reasons, but I would say the top reasons in my perspective of being, in, you know, part of the church for, well, actually, I should testify, uh, the 19th coming up will actually not only be, again, my newborn son being six months old, but it will actually be my 23-year-old birthday in receiving Jesus as my Savior. And I share that because after attending church, you know, regularly for, you know, pretty much almost 23 years, I think the reason why the pastors maybe don't discuss it is because, you know, it could be um, very private in nature. Also, um, maybe because they're concerned about sometimes in the church services, there's, um, you know, an age group that it may not be quite appropriate yet to discuss. But I can testify to you that I went and visited one church before, and they actually had um, little signs uh, at the window when or actually before you entered the sanctuary as well. And it said, you know, uh, adult and mature uh, audience only, you know, recommended, you know, I think they said 18 or older or 15 or older. And I was really impressed because that was the subject that they discussed at this church was, um, you know, uh, sex in general. It wasn't necessarily talking about sexual purity, but sex. And and so um, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, pastors don't approach it that often uh, because of the sensitivity, the sub- subject nature. But I frankly believe, unfortunately, that another reason why pastors don't discuss it is because there's a lot of people that go to church um, that just have re- regular premarital sex. And um, whether they're in a committed relationship with someone or, or not, um, I think that that really brings some fear to pastors because some of these people are tithers and they do give their offerings and tithes to the church and maybe if they discussed it too much, people wouldn't want to go to the church anymore. And so I believe that's, those are primarily the two main reasons why it's not discussed in the church. And I would say that um, I've only been to one service um, and I go to, you know, I've been to many services at least once or twice a week, but only one service, I actually heard a message that was directed to single people only. And, And it did discuss a little bit sexual purity, but that's it. So that's been my experience. Okay, praise God. So do you think that church or, you know, pastors should uh, touch base on some of these topics sometimes, um, you know, um, with, you know, specific, well, of course, with a specific audience? Yeah, absolutely. I think that even if they did like a, like kind of gave a fair warning, like a couple of weeks ahead of time and let the congregation know, I'm going to be, dis- you know, discussing the subject of sex, uh, sexual purity, you know, to the singles, but we would re- invite married people to come too, you know, because you'd be encouraged and some things would apply, you know, to you and so on and so forth. I, I think it would be absolutely important that they should, you know, and I'd recommend that they would, you know, hopefully discuss these things at least once every like quarter, like, or once every four months, because, um, you know, a lot of people don't really understand, you know, why and what the Word of God says, you know, in regards to um, sexual purity. So, Wow, that's a blessing. Praise God. Uh, so why is it important to keep oneself sexually pure? Well, the first thing is we know it's because the Word of God says so. And um, it, it's a challenge. I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, I went through the ages of 21 to 39 years old. 18 years without even kissing a woman, doing anything sexually with a woman. A lot of that 
had to do with, you know, again, my ex physical, extreme physical boundaries. And, um, and a lot of it is because I, the reason why I did it is, and by the way, I did want to testify that, um, or share that between the ages of 19 and 32 has been proven the, the biologically, uh, scientifically, biologically sexual height of a man. So I did go through those challenging years. And of course, Jesus did too. And because uh, he lived till he's 33. But it's mainly because the word of God says so is why we should say sexually pure. But uh, let's just get real. Honestly, sometimes it's not enough for, for even Christians. So I would say one of the main reasons uh, why it's important to keep oneself sexually pure is because it really helps you for your future relationship uh, with your, you know, hus future husband or your future wife. Um, you're not bringing in that baggage. And also you're not, you know, comparing, you know, um, others. And if I may, I would love to actually um, share just a part of my uh, book, uh, if I if I may, and this is actually uh, near the end of my book, but I would like to share with you, you know, what I mean, why it's so important um, to say to stay sexually uh, pure. Um, you know, let me see. I want to find it here perfectly here for you. Um, okay. Here we go. Okay. Now, um, what I'd like to do is uh, what I like to call is going back to the Garden of Eden. Um, and of course, the boundaries we discussed throughout, you know, the book, or I discussed about the book, is within the safety and sanctity of marriage. So let's do what I like to go, uh, what I like to call going back to the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter two, and learn about a love story that puts Romeo and Juliet to shame. Now, please take a moment to, um, and I'm going to forward, and I'm going to share with you what the I believe the Holy Spirit has shown me. Um, and so, as you read, you can now see the Father and the Creator of love knew that it was very important for Adam to get to know his reflection, Eve, and Eve was to know her reflection Adam and this is what I call heaven on earth there were no issues concerns or interruptions between Adam and Eve no cell phones ringing televisions playing loudly who would be to see her as the winner of America's Got Talent or touchdown what an amazing catch in the end zone there were no babies crying or well honestly honey I'm sorry but I must go to work now now um, moving forward here let me share with you just imagine uh, how beautiful this was um, let me go here Hold on one second here now, just imagine that none of them, both of them are absolutely pure. They actually, you know, didn't have any, you know, sexual uh, comparison to any other partners. And as they actually, you know, were together for the first time, it was absolutely pure. They weren't having flashbacks about their past, you know, uh, relationships with anybody. And, of course, they were able to learn new things both at the same time. Now, I did want to share and say that for those, who um, obviously have, you know, unfortunately lost their virginity um, and have had some, you know, sexual experiences. The, the good news is the Lord can renew that, and he can renew your mind, and he can heal you, and you can still have a very beautiful and blessed marriage. And so that's what I wanted to share. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You know, um, everything I'll that you're saying, is, it's absolutely true, um, Brother TJ. You know, um, sometimes, uh, you know, women, they – probably were at a weak place in their life before they gave their life to the Lord. And Absolutely. Um, they're wondering to their, could I still have a perfect marriage? Could I still have a blessed marriage? But I'm glad you made that um, 
point across and, you know, it's true. And I did yeah. want to share, if I made three more sentences, actually, what I was trying to find is right here. So just imagine, so they were comfortably walking around completely exposed and amazing scenery where they had never sinned or even known what sin was. Their eros, erotic love, was uncompromised. Adam and Eve were pure virgins. They were naked physically in their hearts emotionally and minds mentally. They didn't have any memories of other people. They saw nude because of poor choices of having premarital sex. They didn't have television or internet to voyeur look at someone lustfully. And they didn't have romance novels or movies to pollute their mind. The only bodies that they ever saw was their own and each other's. And that's why it's such a beautiful thing to wait until marriage. And again, as I was saying, the Lord can renew uh, our minds and, of course, still bless us, you know, uh, of course, in a, with future blessed marriages. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I had to share that. I was looking for it. I found it. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, trust me. I know exactly what you mean. Sometimes you're looking for something and you're like, I know where it is. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that, it's really, really important, you know, um, that, you know, single women are able to realize that they did make that mistake once they have come to the Lord and repented and seeked his forgiveness because that, that was God's whole intention. You know, marriage is beautiful before the eyes of God and God, you know, God's word talks about how a marriage, you know, and you know, how a wife should be submissive to her husband. So far. I mean, if that's submissiveness yes. is going to take place, the husband has to be, you know, treat his wife good mm-hmm. too and love her, you know? Um, and so oftentimes, yes. you know, sometimes men kind of take the, the word of God, kind of twist it around and say, you're supposed to be submissive um, to me, but then you're not treating your wife with that love. You're not treating her like a rose. And, you know, so it, it, it balances. It, it, there's two parties. There's two ways to it, you know. Yeah. The woman's and side and one side. final thing, too, I wanted to mention about why we should, you know, one should keep oneself sexually pure um, is if you sleep around with a lot of men, you're increasing your chances of catching a sexually, tra- tra- uh, sexually transmitted disease, STD. Even if you have only been with one man, remember the man may have a history with women that you're unaware of and can transfer not only a disease, but a spiritual sickness. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, um, I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. And this scripture is a bit of a mystery. Why is sexual immorality the only sin against the body? Why is it overeating? And I truly believe when one has sex with another person, they may be transferring more than just a physical disease. As scientists now know that DNA is transferred as well. And spiritually, unclean spirits may transfer from the person to you. And so, um, and I can certainly tell you from my personal experience that when I was having premarital sex, my personal walk with the Lord was definitely affected. And I believe, you know, if, um, as I say to you, I'm talking about to, you know, of course, our listeners. And if you're honest with yourself, those who would agree that their walk with Jesus was affected as well. You know, so that's why it's so important to keep the temple, the body, you know, the temple of the Holy Spirit pure, you know, and, and of course, also to avoid premarital sex or excuse me, to avoid getting uh, prematurely pregnant. And then all of a sudden it affects the child if there is like, say, a co-parenting situation, the, the relationship doesn't work out. So there's many, there's many reasons why, of course, you know, not to, you know, the wait, you know, to keep oneself sexually pure. Yes, praise God. That that right there is really, really important. The last one that you mentioned, according to First Corinthians, you know, it's really important because um, it's not just a physical thing, a spiritual thing as well, too. Um, so yep. um, we want to keep the sample pure, you know. And then when kids are Absolutely. involved, too, it makes things so much more complicating, you know. So um, that's another important reason, too, to stay <laughs> sexually pure. 
praise God. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, you, you mentioned in the past about, um, you know, forgiving your father that, you, you know, that the Lord helped you to forgive your, your father and your grandfather. So how did you forgive your father and grandfather and why did you forgive them? Yeah, it was very powerful. Um, when I actually, well, first of all, my grandfather, my, let me address my father. Um, it was very challenging. Uh, and in the book, I get really descriptive um, about the story of the domestic violence and what took place there. Um, but I can certainly, you know, let you know that when my, after I received the Lord Jesus, uh, May 19th, 1996, like I said, almost 23 years ago, um, it was probably about six months into the Lord, I was attending church service and I saw this gentleman with his two sons and they were worshiping the Lord together. And then and my heart it really touched me. I was like, Lord, I wish I really had a father. And then and the Lord put him on my heart. He's like, well, you, you do. He's like, but you need to forgive your father. And I was like, how dare you, Lord? Like, how can you sit there and tell me to forgive my father? You know, all the pain that he caused me and my, you know, my mom and the family. And he said, yes, but I also know how much pain you caused the many others. And I've forgiven you. And then the Lord got me there. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, all right, Lord. And then, of course, you know, we understand what it says in Matthew 6, verse 14 and 15. If you forgive those who sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And so um, so what happened is it was about probably, uh, I want to say, you know, around that time, my sister had already uh, had a relationship with him for, you know, uh, probably a year or a couple years or so. And she told me how cool he was. And so I began to get, you know, a bit jealous. And so that's when, and curious, if you will. And so I called him up and um, I asked him, you know, if he'd forgive me and, and if I forgive him. And he said, yes. And I hung the phone up. I didn't really, wasn't quite ready to talk to him yet. But then um, it was actually on my 21st birthday that he actually called, and I noticed on the caller ID it was my father. And um, I picked up the phone, and, and he said, happy birthday, son. And he was the first one to call me that morning to wish me a happy birthday, and that meant so much to me. And um, and then what ended up happening is he asked me what I was doing for my birthday, and I was just like, I'm just mowing the lawn, and he came and helped me out. And he's like, would you like to go to lunch, you know, afterward? I was like, sure. So we went to lunch. And I asked him, uh, Evangelist Anastasia, I said, you know, let me ask you, um, Dad, have you ever uh, received Jesus as your personal Lord, God, and Savior? And he looked at me, you know, as his eyes started to water and said, look at my arms. And I could see the goosebumps on them. And he said, my coworker was talking to me about having a personal relationship with God and receiving Jesus as my Savior. And he offered to pray with me. And so I prayed with him. And, yes, I believe in him. And I asked him, how long ago was this? And he said, it was about a year ago. And I said, wow. I think that is around the same time when I called you and asked you to forgive me, and I also told you that I forgive you for all the past hurts you caused me and mom. And he said, yes, mijo, that's that's right. And so that really shows me, you know, Evangelist Anastasia, that how the power of God and forgiveness goes beyond all human comprehension. And now I love my father. You know, he's not perfect, uh, you know, and he still has, you know, um, all of us have issues, of course, but I'm very grateful I have a relationship with him. And then, um, and in regards to my grandfather, um, again, he exposed me to pornography when I was only um, seven years old, and and um, and he had passed away. Um, and so, um, for my own closure, what I did is I wrote a letter to him, uh, even though he had died. And I just wrote the letter, kind of like you know, to allow myself to no longer be in bondage from the painful memories you know he had caused me, and and to be able to let that go. And you know, I asked the Lord to you know, forgive me for holding bitterness towards him and, you know, and then let him go, you know, and of course, even though he's not there, but, you know, said, I forgive him. So, and uh, so, yeah, so that's, 
that's the thing. I mean, I just want to let every person know that no matter what you've gone through, you do have that same choice and, and, you know, and, and the Lord certainly wants you to be free, you know, from, you know, from having to hold that bitterness towards somebody. My gosh, that is so powerful. Wow. 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 You know, it there there sounds like I didn't hear that last comment if you can say that again sure um no I was saying that that there was a happy ending for you in that case um you and your father were able to um have a bond again you know yes. um because mm-hmm. you can hear me Yes, I. Yep, I hear you perfectly. Huh? Okay, it's it's, it's really it's, it's not very common to hear, um, you know, when parents you know forsake their children that the relationship is made up again. I don't know when you hear it, it's like wow, that's so cool. You know what I mean? To know that the separation took place, but because you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you forgave your father, he too gave his life to the Lord as well, and um. You see how God was able to mend your relationship with him. So I think that's really powerful, you know. Not everyone has an experience. (laughs) That that is awesome. Praise God. Yeah. And And the thing, too, is I want to remind people um, that you may – there's things like, sure, like I I wish if he was stronger in the Lord and he doesn't go to church regularly. But the thing is, the Lord showed me, you know what, you just love him for who he is and where he's at. Just like I love you. And I was like, you're right, Lord. You know, so it's just a good reminder, you know, and I'm just glad I do have, you know, some sort of relationship with him. You know, obviously, I wish it was a bit closer, but it's still better than what it was. <laughs> so. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Um, so another question I'm going to ask you today, um, Brother T, is, um, when you forgive, does that mean you have to continue to spend time with a person or put yourself in a position where you may be hurt again? And this question, honestly, I want to know the answer to it because I I just actually had this in the back of my head as you were testifying about your father. And I'm like, you know, what if that's not the case? You know, what if your or your father is abusive or or user and your father doesn't want to believe in God? Doesn't want to give his life to yeah. Can you still forgive that yeah. person and just leave them alone and move on? Because in some situations, it's scary. It's really scary. Tell me your insight about that. No, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, forgiveness really isn't about um, reconciling a relationship, believe it or not. I know people like hearing that, but, but it isn't. It's really – forgiveness is really about empowering yourself to no longer be in bondage with the bitterness and the unforgiveness, the resentfulness that you have against somebody. And a good example of this – is there's people, you know, right now that, you know, have some unforgiveness towards somebody that hurt them like five years ago. And let's say they haven't seen that person since then. And that person is just still living their life, probably forgot about what they did to that person, you know, just living on their life, just, you know, and have no clue that this person's still angry, unforgiving, you know, have unforgiveness towards them. And you're sitting there for five years holding on to this and and in bondage of this unforgiveness. And that's not the life that God has for us. He doesn't want us to be in that bondage. And so so absolutely. I mean, and, and another good example, too, is let's say if, if um, you know, a dear lady is listening that you, you are uh, married or even separated because you're in a domestic violence situation. Well, the Lord wants you to forgive him, but he, he doesn't want you to stay in a relationship with him if he's still abusing you. That's not good. I mean, 
you know, G- Jesus clearly talks about self-defense, you know, and when he, you know, said, you know, to the disciples before he was about to get arrested, do you have a sword or do you, you know, you have a sword? No, we'll go buy one. So if the Lord said go buy a sword, that means the Lord expects us to, to uh, defend ourselves. And so, you know, obviously the Lord doesn't want, you know, us to be in a situation where we're continuing to be abused and, you know, beaten and taken advantage of. Um, so you can forgive somebody, uh, but it doesn't mean that you have to continue to be in a relationship with them if it's going to be unhealthy. So. Praise God. I'm I'm so glad you were able to share that with us because it's so important that people know that because, um, you know, and I'm pretty sure you've witnessed it too. You know, sometimes, um, you know, women, you know, generally speaking, they'll find themselves in love with someone and, you know, they gave their life. It's like they're still trying to hold on to that person, hoping that person will give their life to the Lord as well. And that person is, is, is mean and constantly abusing them and hurting them and, they just they don't want to let go. They're not letting go, you know, because they they say yeah. that they love this person, you know. So I'm glad you're able yeah. to share that with us because it's really important for us to know that. Praise God. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, so brother um, TJ, what is int- intimacy? What is intimacy? Yes. Well, you know, it's funny because I understand that my sisters. I believe that, you know, those who are listening, you know, intimacy is more than, of course, than sex, you know, intimacy is something much deeper, because even though the world kind of, when they say, have you been intimate with somebody, or you're intimate that person, they think physical sex, but a Merriam-Winster Dictionary actually states the definition of intimacy as something of a personal or private nature. Now, looking further at the root word of intimacy, which is intimate, it gives two fascinating definitions for the verb intimate. Uh, One, to make known, especially publicly or formally. Um, Two, to communicate delicately and directly. And then be patient with me here. Let's look at the definition of intimate as an adjective. Uh, One, intrinsic, essential, uh, belonging to or characterizing one's deepest nature, marked by very close association, contact, or familiarity. Uh, three, marked by a warm friendship developing through long association, uh, suggesting informal warmth or privacy, and a four, of a very personal or private nature. And then the definition of intimate as a noun is a very close friend or confident, and, um, or confidant, excuse me. And not one of these definitions mentions anything about physical touch or sexual expression, which is very interesting. Of course, intimacy may be expressed with physical touch, both non-sexual and sexual expression. And these expressions of intimacy depend on the type of interpersonal relationships, you know, each person is encountering at that time. Uh, An example of a a familiar intimacy is encouraging a friend who's going through some difficult times. Uh, You may place your hand on her shoulder as you speak, and that is a form of being intimate, uh, but as a friend, of course. And then also what I want to also elaborate, uh, Evangelist Anastasia, on is the word intimacy itself is pretty cool. I just love it because listen to the way it sounds intimacy. Now, it sounds close to intimacy or intimacy. It's like saying to someone we trust, intimacy. We need to trust Jesus, our first love, the one who first loved us. It tells him that we love him. When we give him permission to look into the deepest part of our heart, we say, look into me and see. And our trust blesses him. I'm just reading a little bit from my book right here. So so we need to allow Jesus to go into the dark parts. Yeah. So we need to allow Jesus to go into the dark parts of our hearts, the areas that we prematurely gave to the enemy. And so I discussed about intimacy and how the Lord will heal us from those dark parts, and that's why we have to be very careful 
um, you know, when we, you know, of course, are intimate with somebody because, you know, of course, you know, we're, we're being very vulnerable and transparent. But so intimacy, again, is really, you know, uh, more of an emotional connection. You have someone, the spiritual, uh, the uh, mental, the, the, even the intellectual and the sense of humor, if you will, uh, intimacy. So, yeah, that's that. And then, of course, the physical intimacy is just the outward expression of all those things. Wow, wow. I never looked at it from that uh, from that angle. That's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. yeah, you've seen what's really, really <laughs> – you have to be very careful <laughs> on um, how you express it or who you are intimate with um, because, like you said, you're, you're being vulnerable. Um, and then there's, of course, different parts of it as well. You have, you know, like friendship way of being intimate, you know, if you're just resting your hand on – shoulder because they comfort um so wow mm-hmm. never looked at it from that angle pretty cool um so what are the amazing a's yes the amazing a's you know the funny part is is i didn't really like all of a sudden start you know in my head well i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna start you know talking about the amazing a's like i didn't really even call it that until after i started writing and i realized what I was discussing and what I actually discussed, the amazing aids come from the idea of, first of all, um, we understand that it's so important for, for a lady, uh, well, first of all, for a young girl from the very beginning, a, a baby all the way, you know, to, her, to being a toddler, adolescent, uh, preteen and teenager to have uh, healthy emotional uh, needs met. And these needs really um, got to be met from both, the mother and father, and I discuss how important it is if um, a lady who has, you know, been raised by a single mother didn't have a father figure to be a positive example of these amazing A's. And they're the emotional, relational, physical, and psychological needs that ultimately come from our Almighty Father. Um, but uh, the amazing A's include attachment, affection, acceptance, attention, admiration, appreciation, and affirmation. And as I was saying earlier, I'm just going to read a little bit, you know, um, from my book. Now, for all human beings, physical life begins when a baby is conceived. When we grow, we are automatically protected by our mother's womb. We are connected or attached by the umbilical cord to our mother. Wherever she goes, we go. Whatever she eats, we eat. Whatever she hears, we hear. Whenever she feels pain, we know it. We are attached. And so the attachment starts in the very beginning, you know, and that's something that we need, um, of course, and that's just normal to be able to, you know, feel attached to someone and have that emotional connection. Um, and, of course, uh, another uh, word, I, another one I like to discuss is affection. Um, and, of course, as you understand, affection is so important. I mean, we need that. A lot of times we think affection, again, we get, get that confused with um, sex at times, but affection actually, you know, is more than that. It's just really showing someone that you genuinely care for them by listening to them, being there for them, um, and, yes, expressing, um, you know, physical contact with them, but without it having to be sexual. Um, And affection is so important because, you know, for example, a good example would be, you know, um, by a father for his, you know, daughter, you know, just to be able to give her a hug and say, I love you, you know, that's affection, you know, and that's, you know, appropriate. And of course, um, let me see here. And another one, I know that the ladies definitely, you know, want 
people to understand. Well, first, before I go there, acceptance, is I want to look at acceptance. And I'm going to go to my book here. Um, if you uh, remember uh, the story of the woman at the well in John 4, um, you know, and when Jesus was actually asking her to give him a drink of water, and she responded, how is that you being a Jew ask me for a drink since I am a Samaritan woman? It was culturally inappropriate for a Jew to communicate with a Samaritan. First, she was in shock that he spoke to her in the first place. Then she was surprised when he asked her to give him something and he accepted it. This part of the analogy highlights how we can behave with the Lord. We, have, we may have been impatient by rushing into relationships because we just wanted to be accepted and feel loved. When we do that and the relationships don't work out, the pain of its ending may harden our hearts. Then as a result, it may be hard to accept true and pure intimate love from our Lord. Remember, it is normal to want acceptance, but we must ensure the acceptance is healthy and from someone who has our best interest at heart. Um, and then let's see here. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then the other thing, let me see here. Um, admiration. Now, this is so important. Admiration. I want to look at the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. It defines it as wonder. Uh, two, an object of esteem, or three, delighted or astonished uh, approbation. All excellent definitions. The third definition uses the word approbation. With further investigation, the word approbation led me to two other words, commendation and praise. Commendation simply means compliment. Now, I know without a doubt, and you can testify to this, uh, Vanzos, um, Anastasia, <laughs> every woman, young lady, and girl loves to be an object of esteem, to be given a compliment with delight and astonishment. There is nothing wrong for a woman's physical beauty to be appreciated by others, but more importantly, a woman should be admired for her inward beauty, personality, intellect, wit, spirit, kindness, and genuineness. Therefore, admiration mm. is definitely an A word that every lady should hear from others who truly care for her. And so that's, I just hit, you know, a few to, you know, I think there's like a few more I could have discussed, but for time's sake, you know, we'll stop there. So. Wow. That is so awesome. Wow. You're, wow. So, wow. <laughs> so I have to say, wow. Um, <laughs> your book is, your book sounds really good. This is one of the things that you're reading to me so far. Um, you, you hit a lot of. And if I may, am I able to, to actually share another testimony uh, about the book? Sure, you can. Okay, cool. Um, I want to share this one. Now, remember, the first lady was 42. Um, the, the other lady was 29. And then um, this lady, uh, she's 20. Um, she was out of Tucson. Her name was Cassandra. And she said, a love letter to ladies, a single Christian man's perspective, is a healing testimony that establishes healthy Christian relationships, not only with others, but also to self. A deep-rooted, sincere read relating to strength, forgiveness, recovery, self-love, and much more. The soul of this book is raw, discussing relevant themes in life. TJ's humane sentiment is a tribute to God's love that any Christian can value. And then I'll share uh, one more testimony before we uh, end the, the uh, interview. Okay. Go ahead. So, All oh, right. no, I know that um, we're, I mean, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, I thought you were all right, so um, next question I want to ask you um, is why is it important to know your, your identity? You know, this is a, um, a big thing um, because, you know, people often mm. find, you know, that um, and their partner, they can lose their identity in their 
um, in their business or, you know, they, they wrap their identity in, in other things and they don't really know what, who they're, um, know their true identity. So why is it so important Mm -hmm. um, to know your identity? Absolutely. Well, I'm going to read from my book, actually. So since the ladies are, you know, some ladies will be listening to this, of course, maybe some brothers, but since it is addressed to ladies, I'll read uh, from my book. As a woman, do you base your identity in how you were treated in your past relationships? Do you determine your worth based on being a good mother or on your desire to have children? How about on what society or the media defines as a successful woman? What about the influence of how your parents raised you and what their expectations of you were? How about this one? If I get a good, God-fearing man who will treat me right and give me the respect that I have always desired and deserved as a daughter of the Most High Father, I will have my true identity? Well, I have some bad news for you. Even though it is a very good thing to desire a husband who is a godly man, if you are basing your identity on your relationship with him, you're in a root, you are in for a rude awakening. No other person determines your identity. And uh, the best example of identity is the story of Jesus' identity as the Son of God being tested by Satan. If you remember in Matthew chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 11, when Jesus was being um, uh, led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, um, it's interesting because listen to, to what the devil says. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So that I do want to say is, what is our identity based off of? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And where do we know that where the mouth of God's words come from is the word of God. And so um, now I want to continue here. And the devil took him into um, the holy city and had him stand in the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. So it sounds to me almost like if he's tempting uh, Jesus to almost like see if, you know, if he jumps off, he's going to be saved. But also it's almost like he's tempting with suicide in a way. It's kind of weird. But Jesus said to him, on the other mm-hmm. hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And so, and then, uh, of course, uh, those two, you know, verses that I really want to focus on. And so it's so important to our identity because, I mean, my goodness, let's look at this evangelist Anastasia. Look at especially what's going on in our culture right now in America. I mean, we have some severe identity issues. Um, they're teaching our children in the public schools now, a lot of them, that there's multiple genders. Like you're not only male and female, there's all these other different types of genders. And it's so sad because we, you know, we have people who are even, you know, um, changing, you know, their, their, uh, their reproductive organs to, uh, who when they were born as a male to be a female or vice versa. I mean, and this is a problem. We don't have an identity and we don't know whose we are, you know, and who we are. Of course it's, it's a problem. Yeah. So that's why, you know, when I, and that's why I always tell people knowing your identity is so important because if you don't, and what happens is you're trying to find it in relationships, and that's why I think a lot of ha- a lot of things happened. I mean, even from a man's perspective, being single from you know I went I was so single for many years, and now by the grace of God, I thank the Lord that you know I'm uh, engaged, you know, about to get married, and you know I did. Of course, that's one of my recent testimonies. I unfortunately didn't wait till marriage. Obviously, I said I have a newborn, you know, is six months old. But but I just want to encourage people let them know, hey, you can get back up and you know get back on track. The Lord is good, and and I look honestly, I frankly look at my fiance she's my wife you know but still the point i'm making is this if your identity is wrapped up in your relationship 
it's going to be troublesome because we know that relationships aren't always happy. <laughs> and so what happens if you're not happy in your relationship and, you know, you're not getting some of your needs met, then all of a sudden you become very bitter and angry and you can become unforgiving. And then all of a sudden you can feel like you're not as worth as much as you, you were at one point because you put your identity into your relationship. And so that's the thing that we have to be careful of, that we always make sure that we put our relationships, our relationship with the Lord first and understand that our identity is what he says about us and not what the world says about us or even our own mind says about us. So. I agree. We know our, our identity first. Because I see this all the time. You know, women, you know, they beat up their stuff. I think I'm ugly. I'm not beautiful enough or something's wrong with me. Why this keeps happening? And it's like you don't know who you are. That's what it is. And, you know, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. it's important to to have our relationship with God first. Make sure our relationship yes. with God is refined and tailored because once our relationship is refined and, you know, we're, we have that strong bond with God, then it doesn't matter what may come our way in regards to a physical relationship because then we'll know, you know, God sees me as valuable. He sees me as precious. I'm beautiful before his eyes. I was wonderfully made by him. Amen. So, Amen. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I like also Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43, where he says, you know, I love you. It's in there. So, <laughs> and, um, you know, and <laughs> I love you. It's very, be- it's very beautiful, you know. So, amen. 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 Uh, well said. Um, so, lastly, I want to ask you, what does being the daughter of the Most High Father mean? Tell us, Brother TJ. You know, it's really understanding what exactly it means. Like, I mean, think about it. I mean, our Heavenly Father, he actually sent his only begotten son who lived an amazingly pure, loving life. I mean, look at the Gospels and everything Jesus did. I mean, he would heal all those who came to him. I mean, um, when he actually lost his cousin, John the Baptist, um, when John the Baptist was beheaded, he wanted to go mourn by himself, and and he did. He actually started, he went on the mountain to pray. And it says that the people followed him, and he saw him, and he had compassion on them because he saw that they were like a uh, sheep without a shepherd. And so Jesus gave, you know, himself to everyone who came to him. And, and, you know, and he even confronted, you know, those who were in power who were manipulating the people. And he went into the temple with passion, and he, you know, flipped over tables, you know, the money exchangers there and, you know, and seeing what was going on there. He said, my, you know, father's house should be a, a, a temple of prayer, a house of prayer. And um, and so he, you know, confronted those who were in power and that were manipulating and controlling the people. He was for the people. And yet, of all these wonderful things he did, he spoke life, he spoke encouragement, he spoke love, he prayed for the children, he healed the sick, you know, I mean, um, and then he went and, and they arrested him and then they beat him and they, you know, whipped him with a cat of nine tails, which is pretty nasty if people... Uh, ever get a chance to see the passion, the movie The Passion. That's how extremely painful uh, Jesus went through, you know, the pain he went through. That was before he even died on the cross, you know, when he got crucified on the cross. And then yet after all that, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then he rose again from the dead three days later and ascended to his father. He walked on earth for 40 days after that, and he ascended to his father's right hand. And so the father, all right, sent his only pure begotten son to us, 
or to, you know, to, for us to die on the cross for just for you. And so as a daughter of the Most High Father, to understand how precious you are and the precious blood of his son was just for you, that's knowing who the daughter of the Most High Father is. And when you know, um, you know, your position as a Most High, you know, of course, um, daughter of the Most High Father, um, you have no doubt in whose you are. And it's so important. I mean, I'll tell you, um, when when a lady understands, you know, how precious she is in the sight of her father, she will have, she will walk in that and she will have a high standard. And it doesn't mean that she just shuts down, let's say, a, you know, a gentleman that loves the Lord and he's, he's, you know, passionate about the Lord and he's walking after the Lord, but he's only five foot nine, you know, one her, you know, 75 pounds, maybe she should give him a chance. But the thing is she would know her identity and her value is in a relationship with the most high father. And she would understand what her expectations are for a future spouse. So um, that's why it's so important to know that you are the daughter of the most high father. Praise God. Praise God. You know, that is so powerful. Um, you know, I have a, a question that I want to ask you before we go, but I'm going to ask you, uh, this uh, one more question, then I have one that I really wanted to ask you as well um, from a personal base. So what would you say to a sister or even a brother in Christ who has been abstaining from sex until marriage for a long time but is beginning to feel weary and is considering to give in and compromise their sexual integrity? Well, I would just share my personal testimony, recent testimony, uh, just about over three years ago. Um, after going 18 years of uh, being, you know, sexually pure by the grace of God, all glory to God. There was a few times, uh, you know, that I was trying to set things up out of weakness, but God interceded. But he allowed me to finally go on my own. And, and so um, I actually gave that 18 years of purity to a lady prematurely that I thought was going to be my wife. And next, you know, two months, two and a half months into the relationship, she's, you know, tell me this isn't love. I don't love you, and this and that, and accusing me of things that her ex would do. And I, I was like, that's not me. And so, um, so from that, that became uh, it became very painful. Um, and so that opened a door, you know, uh, for me that made it very difficult to shut. And then um, most recently, um, over a year ago, um, you know, of course, I I'm so blessed to have a wonderful woman of God now in my life, and you know, who is my fiance. Um, but we went through a very challenging time at the beginning of our relationship because we went too fast and I broke that, the, the sexual boundaries again, and she became pregnant. And so what happened is we went through, frankly, and she knows this, we're not ashamed of it, but we went through, you know, some hell on earth, if you will, with one another, because we rushed our relationship. And when you do that, you're, you're really putting yourself in some tough situations. And let's say if things didn't work out between me and her, all of a sudden we're co-parenting and my son can be in a situation that could not be very beneficial, uh, you know, in, in any way. And so I just want to encourage, you know, those who are listening and, and maybe neither one of those would even happen to you. But the thing is, is you should hang in there because the word of God says so. And also because of your intimate relationship with the Lord. I mean, Galatians 6, 9 says, do not be weary in doing good for in due season, you shall reap a harvest if you do not faint and if you do not lose hope. And so just know that also I want to encourage you to do it for your future husband, if you're a sister in the Lord or future wife, if you're a brother in the Lord, listen on this line, um, because I know that they would be honored and they'd be so blessed um, and you would be blessed to wait and, and do it for, for your future spouse. It's so important. And just be encouraged. You know, I would say be encouraged. 
um, the way that I made it for 18 years of sexual purity was by simply having those, you know, strong uh, physical boundaries, but also staying close to the Lord, staying in prayer, being in the word of God and staying accountable. So, and uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to encourage you uh, sisters and uh, brothers, if you're listening uh, to hold on and be strong in the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Um, that is um, really important. And thank you so much for sharing that with us, um, brother TJ. And um, I want to ask you a personal question. You're going through your single uh, singleness. Were you praying for a certain type of woman? Did you have a specific uh, um, when you were looking for, like, um, during that time, you know, because, you know, sometimes because you were mentioning earlier, you know, stay close to God and have your high standards. But, you know, if someone who comes your way loves God, but did you have a specific type that you were seeking after and you were saying, God, you know, I would like a woman not to love, but I'd like her to know how to cook or, you know, I'd like her to have some interests that I have. Like, I'm just yeah. If you don't mind me. No, that's that's a very good question, and I love that's that's a very. I'm glad you you know asked some questions, a question here that I wasn't expecting. Um, you know, I I did. I actually had my list. I'll be honest. I think a lot of us single people may have a list. I even typed it. I even typed it up. I even typed it up, uh, Sister Anastasia. And um, but you know what? The the list that I had, I had what I called were the definites, the things that I definitely okay. needed to have and I wasn't going to compromise. And the others were like, you know, I can kind of, you know, be flexible with. And I heard someone recently tell me, and I was telling them, you know, about, you know, my uh, relationship. I'd lost contact with them. Um, and then I touched base with them again. And they're like, oh, that's great, your relationship and this and that. And they're like, yeah, they're like, and, you know, it's so important that, you know, have you heard of the 80-20 rule? It's like, I think sort of like, yeah, like, if you get kind of like 80% of what you really want and need, and then the 20% isn't, then that's good, you know? And I would have to say that, you know, that kind of like applies to my relationship. Um, you know, one of the things I really like um, from a woman is words of affirmation that speak life, and she's not that type of person, but She's a very committed person, and she loves the Lord, and she's faithful, and she's a wonderful mother. I mean, this this dear lady, she actually um, uh, uh, she had one uh, one relationship before me. Um, I was only her only a second relationship, and this is uh, uh, a marriage that unfortunately there was some um, a cheating that happened there, and so she has a, a eight year old daughter, and then um, she had adopted her uh, two year old nephew who is now eleven, and then uh, her sister unfortunately uh, recently passed away over a year ago on Resurrection Day. Her sister was only thirty one, and she adopted her uh, her niece who is now eight, and so she, I mean, you know, a wonderful mother, uh, very patient, someone I can deal with me and my issues, <laughs> I mean, that's great, you know. There's a reason why I was probably single for 18 years. The Lord was, you know, or 20 years, 21 years, because the Lord is preparing her to, you know, be patient with me maybe. But the thing is, is this, yes, we do have our, our things. Like, there are certain things that, you know, sure, physically, you know, that we can have high expectations of, you know what I mean? But um, but the thing is, is we need to be more flexible with that. And don't get me wrong, my fiance is very beautiful. I'm very physically attracted to her. That's not the issue. But what my point I'm, I'm making is maybe you want to say a lady that had blue eyes like I did, but she doesn't, you know, or whatever. But the thing is, is we should always be um, open and, and always be more focused on what's eternal. And the fact that, you know, my fiance, she loves the Lord. She's a born again Christian. Um, you know, she loves the word of God. You know, she, you know, of course, loves to worship the Lord. You know, those are all important. Those are unflexible for me, you know. Um, she's a wonderful mother. She's fully committed, you know. Um, and, you know, I've I unfortunately been cheated on before in the past many years ago. And so I know she's a very committed and loyal person. 
and um, she's a good listener, and she's very patient with me. And she's very also with everything is she'll call me out on my crap, if you will. Like when I need some, you know, correction in a loving way, she doesn't do it where she, I feel she's being disrespectful. She'll just tell me, hey, this is, you know, she'll just tell me straight up, you know, what, what she thinks. And so this is what we need. We need that uh, in a relationship as well. So I think sometimes you just get get, uh, get uh, got to get over the superficial uh, things, if you will. I hope that answers your question. So. <laughs> no, that answers my questions perfectly. I think that's really important, you know, because, you know, sometimes, um, you know, whether it's women or men, they feel like, okay, you know, I, I, I'm, I've been single. Honestly, it, it doesn't matter. I'm open. I'm open for anything, you know. But, you know, I feel like, as you were saying before, it, it's good to have an idea of what you want, you know what I'm saying, what you would like in your future husband or your future wife, you know. Um Another thing I Absolutely. want to Absolutely. And if I may share, oh, okay. And when you're done, I want to share it one more testimony as I shared in my website sure, one more time. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so the, the last question I wanted to ask you is, like, when it comes on to being patient and waiting to meet that person, you know, because, um, you know, sometimes, like, I hear this a lot, you know, sometimes women say, oh, we, you know, you can always go onto a Christian uh, date site or something like that. You know, would you say um, that it's, it's best for a woman or a man to wait on God to match match them? Like, pray about the person that you would like, and also think uh, that you will be going to be open to it and allow God to match you with that person because He knows that person will be perfect for your, you know, your life or for your 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 destiny or your assignment that He's He has that right person for you. So, tell me a little bit about that. You know, should they go on that Christian date site? Because they're saying, oh, my gosh, maybe I'm sitting in the house too long. Or maybe I don't go out enough. That's why I haven't met my soulmate, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a very – oh, you just had to ask this question, man. I, I was wondering, too, is anyone – you know, this is only my third, you know, podcast interview. And I was thinking, would anybody ask me oh, this sorry. question? But, so you know, but, no, you're asking it. And I will tell you this. I believe – and this is so – this is so – uh, such a, a touchy subject, spirit, uh, scripturally speaking, as well. I believe in the Old Testament there is some evidence that God can ordain and set up relationships, but in the New Testament there is actually clear scriptural uh, evidence that it's a choice on who we we choose to marry. And and so I believe that it's kind of like a combination of both, where God does have influence. And I believe that it's so important for people to be social. I mean, I'll be I'll be real. I met uh, my fiance online you know, online, online dating site. And I think that putting yourself out there is okay, but you have to do it with very good boundaries. And, and again, don't compromise, you know, and really uh, give yourself time, you know, give, give the relationship time. I have a, a pastor friend that says, you know, give it six months because if it's a duck, it will start quacking, you know, and I'm like, okay. So like, give it some time to see the character of the person, you know, first and, and really see if is this person going to be compatible with you, you know, and, um, and a good, and, you know, and challenge, and frankly, at first I didn't really realize, feel like that my fiance and I were going to be, we're compatible when we we're going to that really kind of hell on earth, but we've learned how to be compatible and that's the grace of God. You know, it's the grace of God. And now looking back, I can see how the Lord has had his, uh, has had his hand upon us and allowing us to meet. And I do believe that he certainly has, has influenced that and has blessed us. But I do believe 100% that it is a free will choice because look at it. God chose to love us. He didn't have to, you know, love us, but he chose to love us. Jesus chose to die on the cross, 
You know, he said, not my will, but your will be done, Lord. And so he chose to do that. And so I believe that um, it's very important um, to have that balanced approach. Now, I understand that it does say in Proverbs 18.22, he that finds a wife finds a great treasure and receives a great pleasure, the favor of the Lord. And so I believe it's it's more uh, like we're built as men to kind of, you know, find a wife to look for a partner. I think for women, it may not be as strong for them to kind of look, but I believe that's important for a sister and Lord to keep their eyes open. And, and again, if they use online dating, to use it very appropriately. Uh, be accountable. Please be safe with it as well. Um, always meet people in a public place, you know what I mean? Uh, let people know where you're going to go, um, you know, before you would meet somebody, you know, on an online site. So, but that would be my, uh, you know, advice or my conviction or opinion, if you will. Okay. Okay. No problem. Thank, thank you for <laughs> um, answering the question for us. No, because, I, I, you know, I, you know, I'm always, a lot of people are always concerned. You know, I hear it all the time. So, you know, um, I'm, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, so. Absolutely. Uh, feel free to oh, share okay. uh, with us another testimony. Yeah, and by the way, these testimonies, you can find them at my website, um, tellofhisjoy.com. And, again, that's T is in Tom, E is in Eternity, L-L, O-F is in Forever, H-I-S is in Savior, J-O-Y, tellofhisjoy.com. And this one is from uh, Patricia, and she is 71 years old. I actually got a lady that um, – elder lady who read the book, and, this is, and she's out of Sun City, West Arizona. And uh, she actually um, shared – Thank you so very much for sharing with me your outstanding new book entitled A Love Letter to the Ladies. God has blessed you with the gift of communication. You have done an excellent job in sharing your heart on how to keep our relationships pure and holy until marriage. The instructions you give are based on God's word and his heart, and I'm so glad you give the scriptural references for your observations and comments. May God bless you and the work of your hands. May he help you get this book to millions of women. I pray God will open doors that no man can shut. I pray it will be on the best of the list because it is really needed. And so so thank you. I want to say thank you so much, you know, uh, Evangelist Anastasia, for inviting me to be a part of this interview on the podcast today. I appreciate it. Uh, honestly, it was a joy. Um, thank you so much, uh, Brother PJ, for being on the show. Um, I'm, you know, whoever is listening to it right now and will listen to it as well, um, you know, the pre-record, uh, I know they're going to learn a lot, you know, because it's really important because these things are not common things to be spoken about in the church. Um, and, you know, you have a lot of single women out there who desire a husband, but they're just not sure how to go about it, what's the right way to, um, to do it. And so I want to thank you. Uh, for sharing that with us today. Um, so You're welcome. Brother TJ, Brother uh, go ahead and share with us um, your website link and um, your social media, like where they can follow you. And, yeah. Okay, excellent. Yes, once again, my website is tellofhisjoy.com, tellofhisjoy.com. And you can find me, um, like, in basic Facebook um, if you look up TJ. Hurtado, or if you just go to, uh, if you go to Facebook and just look up a love letter to the ladies, uh, you should be able to find my Facebook page. Uh, if you go to my website, you can read my introduction for free, um, get a gist of what the book's about some more, and then also, again, you can read the uh, testimonies on there that I have. There's a few more I didn't read, and uh, yeah, so I thank you so much again for this opportunity, and my prayer for each and every listener is that um, you would just continue to love Jesus, you know, love Yeshua, stay close to your Heavenly Father, and allow the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, to be your best friend and guide and direct you. And uh, 
the second most important decision you ever make in your life, which is, of course, who will be your future husband or your future wife. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for sharing that with us, Brother PJ. Uh, so I hope everyone who is listening enjoyed uh, today's discussion. Um, it was such a pleasure to have you on our, today's Kingdom Talk show. Um, PJ, you really shared with us uh, some really important things that uh, single ladies and also men should know. You know, So I, I give God thanks for you. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to be uh, closing out. And I really, really enjoyed today's discussion. I learned a lot. Well, thank you again. Appreciate it. And, you know, for all your time today. And, and yes, praise God. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.